You're listening to the Utah Man Podcast, bringing you the latest news and analysis for your Utah Utes. Now, your hosts, Cameron, Ryan, and Scott. Welcome on into the Utah Man Podcast. On this episode, we're talking the NFL draft, some transfers in and out of the Utah programs, and looking at the safeties and corners for the Utah football team. I'm Cameron, and we got Ryan. What's up, Butte Nation? And Scott. What's up, boys? I'm surprised we have Scott with us. I, I know you're wanting to ditch us to go watch Better Call Saul. Yeah, <laughs> way more entertaining than this podcast. I've never oh, seen that show, that... and that, and and now you wonder why I'm trying to put you in the transfer portal, Scott. Hey, I, you know, I'm just waiting for that nil offer, and then uh, as long as it's satisfactory, I'm gone. Nobody ever <laughs> accused Scott of being a marketing genius. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got better call Saul on the brain. You know, I've. It's a new episode tonight. We got to go. We got to roll. What is that on Netflix? No, AMC. Oh, that was way off. Well, the f- the first five episodes are on Netflix. If you want to uh, binge it over the weekend, uh, it'll change your life for the better. Wait, there's five seasons? It's in the sixth season right now, which is the final season. And it's amazing. And this, I've never watched it either. This is the prequel to breaking bad yep it's more than the more than i know ryan cam you gotta educate yourself buddy i'm telling you i gotta i gotta get with the times when does cobra kai come out next oh <laughs> no, that's no my cobra show kai. that's my show right there that, uh, you know what if if you're saying that's your show that just speaks volumes about you cam <laughs> put him in a body cobra bag. kai is the cheesiest show i, I can't what makes I, it awesome Sweep i can't even leg. handle watching it i can't handle watching Sweep it i know leg. you know what they're gonna say before they say it in every episode i i do love how it's like one week of karate lessons and they're like these full-on black, black belt ninjas competing <laughs> oh, and, the, and one the week acting is it was it's 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 like a it's like a road show in the local church. They just got some actors that are they have hey. no clue how to act. Hey, Hallmark's got nothing on that. Oh boy! <laughs> All right, let's get into this. The NFL draft was this past weekend. One Ute gets drafted. Man, that was surprising. That really surprised me. Uh, Devin Lloyd going twenty seventh uh, overall to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Jacksonville traded, right, to get back into there. To, to yeah, get they traded Lloyd. three picks, so they they were after him. Was, they they gave up a decent amount to go get him. So they had to have been surprised that he was still available at twenty seven, because I think most people thought he would have been gone at least five picks earlier. Oh, a hundred percent. They weren't. I they didn't think he was going to be there. And the things I was reading, that's why they gave up what they did to get back in to get him. And everything I'm reading on from the Jacksonville side is they are stoked from the fans to the front office. Uh, I, he's actually getting a lot of love from that fan base, even when they had the number one pick overall. Did, did you guys watch the draft when he got selected? Yeah. Yeah. Picked up Roger Goodell. 
he showed more personality in those five minutes than he did his entire time in Utah. <laughs> I was like, is this the same guy? I mean, I thought it was, it was awesome what he was doing, but I was like, how come we never saw, we never saw Lloyd like that, but we saw a little uh, no, bit. it was cool. We saw a little bit like in the Pac-12 championship game when he returned that touchdown and he's holding up the, the two twos. We saw flashing a little emotion the, there. Flashing the, flashing the twos. But no, it was like, good. I'm I'm happy for him. Uh, he he deserves it, and it uh, it'll be it'll be fun to watch watch his career down in Jacksonville. And and I hope I hope he just kills it because he deserves it. Oh yeah. At first, I was kind of like, oh, Jacksonville, they're so bad. Um, but it actually, might be a good situation for him because he's. I think he's going to get a lot of playing time early. And if he went to a more established roster, he might have been buried for a little bit. I starting game one from what I'm reading, I wouldn't be surprised if he's starting linebacker. Well, they spent like crazy um, in free agency, and then they they had a good draft on top of it. So, and I feel like they've had the top; they've been in the top three of the draft for like a decade. So they got to have some decent. uh, uh, Now that Urban Meyer hasn't messed up uh, (laughs) messed up the team, maybe they'll get get on track. Who knows? But. No, I, I think it's good, but I, I was shocked that uh, there were there were not any other youths drafted. Yeah, so let's go through that real quick. Um, other guys that signed as free agent, uh, Nephi Sewell, Bam Pam Tunican, Nick Ford, Britton Covey, Cole Fotheringham, Mika Tafuna, Hautai Pututau, um, and then TJ Pledger uh, gets a minicamp invite to Arizona. So of all those guys that were, you know, were surprised and didn't get picked, was there one that kind of stood out to you guys as kind of the one that really you thought was going to get picked and didn't? Yeah, I, I really thought, I mean, I, I figured, uh, you know, most of these guys would at least get a late round, a sixth or a seventh round pick. Uh, I thought Covey for sure would get picked up. Um, I thought Tafua would uh, would 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 get would get drafted, and then I even you know I, I thought somebody would take a flyer on Bam Bam Tuna Can, but um, you know I'd, obviously you know as they said this was a deep a very deep draft due to the COVID year, more people were eligible and in the draft than than in in prior years, so obviously that factored in. You know, where some guys who normally would get a shot uh, um, are only getting um, invites to camp. So, yeah, it's uh, a little bit of a bummer, but uh, hopefully some of these guys can show off in, uh, um, as a free agent and make the team and, and work their way up. Yeah, I, I kind of thought that Tafua would get picked up and thought there was a pretty good possibility Bam Bam Tuna Can would go. And I, and I, and given the experience um, that uh, Nick Ford has had on the offensive line playing multiple positions, they typically that's a position that a lot of teams go for. So I thought I was kind of surprised he didn't get picked up, but uh, I was kind of on the fence with Covey being that just basically because of his size, not because of his ability that teams would, wouldn't uh, pick, use a draft pick on him. But I, I think there's a good chance he, he'll make that team in Philly though. Well, I did see on Twitter that someone said that uh, Philadelphia didn't draft a wide receiver or a returner. And so I think that kind of helps Covey in that aspect. Uh, for me, I think, yeah, I agree with you guys. Uh, Bam, Nick, Ford, I thought both of them are going to get picked up. 
But kind of looking at this, kind of the guys that left years on, on the field that could have come back, do you think any of them should have? Now that we know the outcome of the draft, should any of them come back for their, their final year at Utah? Yeah, I mean, you, you could argue, and obviously in hindsight, it's easy to say, I mean, man, we'd love to have Tafua back, Mika, um, you know, and uh, and obviously we all wanted Covey back, but you also look at it from their perspective and how old they are, and even if they had another banner year like those two did, does it, does it really help their draft class um, at all? Do they get drafted next year, um, especially when both of them are a year older? Um, I, I I just don't know. I mean, I, I get it. Obviously, uh, selfishly, would love to have them back, you know, because <laughs> look what that would do for this upcoming year. But um, I I think I think where those guys are at is probably a smart decision to do what they did. Yeah, and- I kind of wondered with pleasure getting that late invite to camp if he kind of second guessed himself and. Um, you know, he had a great year for us and obviously could have, could have, uh, had a added to the team this coming season if he would have stuck around, but, you know, I get why he, he wanted to give it a shot and he's obviously a hard worker, so maybe it'll pay off for him. Well, and I think a lot of times they say, you know, sometimes it's better to go as a free agent or undrafted free agent than seventh round pick, uh, you have a little bit more flexibility. Uh, and, and where you go in the situation mm-hmm. that kind of fits you better. Um, so, so yeah, I totally agree. I don't know how much it really would have helped them in the long run, uh, but you know, I'm not going to fault them for it. It's their life. It's their football career. Nothing but the best for these former Utes. And you know, I know that they will carry that banner of, of Ute players in the NFL and having success. Are you, are you surprised that Howard didn't? get picked up no i mean he obviously didn't do a lot as a ute but if you look back at his time at ucla and oklahoma he he was quite a bit better and and they utilized him more than utah did he did but he's also he's what we saw at utah was him after a couple major injuries and i just don't think he i mean you look at his tape at ucla dude was awesome I mean, his speed, his, some of those catches he made, and obviously, you know, uh, he didn't get those types of targets, um, here at Utah. Um, but he was out, he was getting outplayed and I just, I just don't think, you know, his health and, um, everything really allowed him to show his true ability. Um, but I mean, based off what we saw at Utah, nah, I'm not, I'm not overly surprised he didn't get a, a, a look. Nothing but the best uh, to all these guys in the NFL as they kind of make that next chapter in their lives. There was some news with the football team. You know, as spring ended, uh, you kind of always see this now in, in the landscape of college football's transfers. And, you know, a couple of them kind of caught my eye. Uh, Drew Rawls and, and Latu. That one hit me over the head. I was not expecting that at all. No, yeah, Kamoya Latu was a bit of a surprise just for the fact that, you know, maybe he doesn't start, but I would think he he would have been right there um, getting plenty of reps, probably your number two guy, unless something's changed. Um, obviously, RJ Hubert's back. Um, there is that Clayton is- Isabel, if that's how you pronounce him, who's transferring into the program at the safety position. 
Um, and so I don't know if, if either there was conversations had that, you know, he was not going to get those opportunities or, or he just thought he wasn't, I don't know, but definitely surprising that he he's gone, especially he leaves and then he picks up quickly a, an offer from Wisconsin, you know? So that tells you pretty quickly the type of player uh, that, that he is and that other people think he is. So yeah, that was a bummer. Carson Tabarachi, um, the fact that he's been in the program like 15 minutes and he's already transferring out. Yeah, I didn't see that one coming, uh, other than the fact that the linebacker room is just loaded and maybe he just didn't see that the playing time immediately. Yeah. yeah, that's that's probably a factor. There's also rumors out there that he may have been switched positions and maybe that was not what he wanted. Um to what? To what position? Um, from what from what I saw, that uh, he was taking some reps at fullback, which you know that's not a very glamorous position. <laughs> he was well. That's interesting because I when I was at the spring game, he was playing linebacker when I saw him. Well, and and you know he could have been a, a even a tight end. That was rumored that he could he could switch over there. But again, that that position's loaded as well. So. Definitely, definitely a bummer. But I, you know, I don't think it, it doesn't hurt this team this year. I don't think he w- he was not going to play or play really any th- significant role this year. So, not the end of the world. And they've got time to replace him. But uh, um, definitely, definitely more transfers out than uh, than I would have anticipated. Yeah. Steve Bartle's fingers are getting sore from all of this. <laughs> <laughs> So the football team's lost, you know, a good handful of guys. Basketball is is bringing transfers in. A uh, big commit out of the transfer portal in, from Wisconsin, Ben Carlson, 6'9". Uh, when he was in high school coming out, he was a four-star kid. Uh, very highly coveted recruit. He had offers to Creighton, Iowa, Ohio State, Purdue, Stanford, Xavier. Xavier. So, and granted, he's had some injuries at, at Wisconsin, and and it just really hasn't played out well for him up there. So maybe uh, some a change of scenery will, will help him in that. Uh, but I do like where this coaching staff, is, what they're doing. I mean, they're really going after their needs right now. They're getting longer. They're getting a little bit more athletic than they've had in the past. And we're already seeing the fruits of having Burgess on this on this coaching staff. With this new NIL stuff and basically college athletes becoming free agents, maybe we just did, we pulled a trade. We gave Wisconsin law to, and they sent us Carlson. <laughs> <laughs> and then Utah picks up a commit from a uh, former BYU, Gavin Baxter. I don't, I don't think like the biggest names um, to pull in out of the transfer portal. Again, like I just think it's showing progress in this roster and and trying to move this program forward uh because let's admit it guys and we've talked about it what craig smith took over was not a top pack 12 roster and i think the record kind of speaks for itself in that aspect they're definitely going in the right direction baxter he's had his injury problems um but he's only got one year left, but if, if he can stay healthy, I think he's a decent addition. 
no risk, all reward type of deal because he's not even taking up a scholarship. Mm-hmm. So if he can come in and he can produce, yeah, I mean, it's just gravy at this point. So, no, I think, I mean, there's definitely some momentum on the basketball side now with these pickups and obviously one more scholarship to go. And it'll be interesting to see where they where they go with that. Um, be, they're rumored to be in on a couple of Louisville guys. Um, but those, they have both uh, since committed elsewhere. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see, see, see where they, where they go with this last one. But I'll tell you, man, I'm excited for, for Utah basketball. I haven't said that in a long time. I hate, I, I've already said it. The motto for next season is race the curtains. Cause you gotta <laughs> get the Huntsman rocking again. Like it was back in, you know, the nineties. Having was it Monday night games? Was that a, like the ten o'clock yeah, tip off on Monday? O'clock ESPN I, t- games. I remember going to that with you, Ryan. I don't think I missed one of those. It helps when you were in school there, though. At the time, <laughs> those those were the best. Yeah, I, I love staying up late to watch uh, the Utes beat up on New Mexico. UTEP. <laughs> those were good games. Though back in the day in the Mountain West, that was some good basketball. It was great. It was and great when, basketball. When Air Force would come to town and use 34 of the 35 second shot clock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now good. Yeah, it'll be it'll be good. I I think th- this offseason was huge for Craig Smith. Um and the fact that he's gone out and really a completely depleted roster and he's got some nice pieces. So, I mean, this roster's head and shoulders better than it was last year. So if they can, if they can have a good season on the court, I think they'll be able to even build upon next off season and really get, get this program back to a point where they're, they're competing yeah, at a high level. And they'll have to, right? This isn't going to fix itself overnight. Um, one of the worst teams in the back 12 last year, if they can get kind of the middle middle of the league next year, take that step. Um, and then, you know, the year after that, start competing for the top half. Uh, that's definitely where they want to be. Uh, we're up against a break. When we come back, let's talk some safeties and corners for this football team. All right, so Utah, you know, they're returning quite a bit of talent uh, in their secondary and, and I think it kind of starts with Cole Bishop at that safety position, Pac-12 All-Conference, honorable mention, and he didn't even play the whole year. As a true freshman, to really only play the later half of a, of a season and get that recognition I think is huge. I'm very excited to see you know, Cole Bishop having a healthy spring and a healthy fall and starting you know, right off the gates, starting for, for, for Utah at the safety position. I, I, I think the sky's the limits for that kid. No, I mean, the safety position is a little intriguing because, right, we know we got in Cole Bishop and and he should be even better this year. So, I mean, he's locked down one of those safety spots. And then, but then you've got the return of RJ Hubert, where we know the dude can play. The question is, he hasn't literally played for two years now. Mm-hmm. So, are we getting the, are we getting the RJ Hubert from two years ago, who was, was, going to be the next star at the safety position for the Utes or are we getting a guy who's pretty rusty maybe not the same since he's gone through some some two brutal injuries so that's where I'm kind of intrigued 
um, to see to see Huber because I think he's going to get that opportunity. He's going to get the he's going to get the first shot at it. Um, but then from there, I mean, you you've got not a ton of of depth, um, but you've got some some intriguing names. You know, with Zamaya Vaughn, obviously we know what he did at, at the corner spot last year, and quite honestly. I kind of wish he'd go back to corner. Dude, I really liked him. I, you know, when he first got thrown in at corner due to injuries, you know, you could tell how raw he was. But I think over the course of the season, he made leaps and bounds in his development. And I'm with you, Scott. I, I kind of like him back at that corner spot. Um, not, not to mention because we're a little thin at the corner spot. And now, granted, I think at some point, even next year, if they had to, they could pull him back over the corner and we'd be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll take it to my grave. If he plays in that Rose Bowl, we win the Rose Bowl. I, I think his injury late in that Pac-12 title game was absolute killer for that secondary, who obviously we were already super thin uh, to begin with. But I think, uh, man, things would have been drastically different in that Rose Bowl if we had him. But, but yeah, I mean, obviously the coaches, they like him at safety. That's kind of where, uh, where they projected him initially when they recruited him and, and got him here. So, but another name that I'll tell you is he's going to make an impact before his time is done here is Sione Vaki. The dude can play and, and is testing off the charts right now with the team, super athletic, hard hitting dude. So I think I'm wondering if, if some of these guys played into the role of uh, Latu transferring, because I I think these guys are pushing and, and will surprise some folks this year. I mean, it definitely is going to be a tall order for the safety group, you know, with Brandon McKinney and Vontae Davis moving on. And to your point, Scott, it is kind of kind of thin there in, in that room, especially with Latu leaving. Uh, but, you know, excited to see Cole Bishop, see what he can do with the full season, and then R.J. Hubert, what he can do after coming back from his injuries. As we look at the cornerback position, another guy coming off of injury to Travis Broughton, you know, he started at, he started two games last season and then with that injury, missed the rest of the year. Uh, and then the opposite side of him, Clark Phillips, the third, that dude, I can't believe he was a second team pack, all pack 12. He should have been first team, honestly, that, and what he did in that Rose Bowl, probably the best game out of anyone on that secondary which isn't saying much <laughs> because of what Ohio State did. Uh, but just, I think the corners are going to be a real big strength to the secondary. No doubt. I mean, Clark Phillips put put his name out there in that Rose Bowl. Now, granted, <laughs> that secondary did give up like 900 yards of offense. but They would have given up more without him. Though. No, yeah. but he, I mean, he had that pick in the end zone. He forced that to fumble for a touchback. I mean, that's 14 points right there that he saved the youths. And and great coverage on that first series on that deep ball on third down, forcing a punt. He was everywhere, and he was, I mean, he was dynamic. And and again, he's, he's going to be the star of this defense this year. Um, if if teams go after him, I mean, he, he may be to the point where he doesn't get tested all that often, which if that is the case, then yes, 
you're going to have to have a healthy Travis Broughton. You're going to have to have a healthy Malone Mateele and a Fabian Marks because if they're not going to go after Phillips, they're going to specifically target the other side in the slot all day long. And those guys are going to have to be healthy and continue to play at a high level. Um, I mean, I, I like the cornerback spot, really. It's just still a lot of, there's, there's just some unproven depth there that kind of worries me for the fact that uh, <laughs> we had a third string running back playing corner over some of these guys last year in the Rose Bowl. So, um, it, you know, obviously Drew, Drew uh, Rawls, who just transferred out, so he's out of there. Um, but hopefully guys like Kenzel Lawler, who had a pick in, in, the red, uh, in the red and white game, Elijah Lloyd, those guys can kind of come into their own. Kane Savage. I was going to say, Kane Savage for me is maybe the, the kind of the dark horse of, of that group. Yeah, I mean, and, and we're going to need them because you're going to get tested. And that's, that's really why I'd love to see Vaughn get um, slid back over to a corner because we're going to need, I mean, guys go down uh, throughout the course of the year. You're not going to keep all those guys healthy throughout. So um, the guys are going to get some opportunities and we'll see if, if uh, here in the, in, uh, um, in the transfer portal, if Utah goes out and brings in some corners um, or at least a corner to just add some uh, extra depth to the position. But uh, I, I like the top end. The bottom end has a little, is a little scary still. I definitely think that the safeties and the corners, uh, they kind of mirror each other with that depth that, you know, the, the starters, you kind of know what to expect out of that. And then that second, third string guys, a lot of unproven talent. But talented guys the course of the season you know we'll tell where utah stands with that secondary but hopefully you know knock on wood they don't have to go very deep uh, unless it's a blowout uh ryan where can people find you on twitter at drum and feather drum the letter n feather and scott yeah find me at Ute man underscore forever Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Utah Man Podcast at our home, utahmanpodcast.com. And we are available anywhere you listen to a podcast. We are there, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Until next time, go Utes. Go Utes. Go Utes will be till I die. Kayai. We're good. Let's cut it. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah.